Nikita Koloff, the Russian nightmare, no, the devil's nightmare here from It's Time to Man Up, challenging men to step into their true manhood. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening to the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Mathematics is the language of the universe. It is the foundation of all science, upon which rests the building of modern civilization. It is the cornerstone for the technological advancement of the human race. Isn't that exciting? Oh, it's multiplication, it's math education. Hey, Albert Einstein said that it's so easy to do. It's simple, it's breezy, it's fun and it's easy. Just buy a calculator, you can multiply too. Welcome to the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now... Your love will surely come find us Like blazing wildfire Singing your name God of Multiplying sorrows today on the Christian Car Guy Show. <laughs> Doesn't sound like a car topic at all, does it? Multiplying sorrows. And you might have enjoyed Steven Spielberg's uh, Animatics, I think it's called. I, I'm But when he was talking about multiplying, right? <clears throat> and you're like, what does this have to do with cars? Well, if you've ever had car problems, you know they multiply. I mean, it is due. But in sorrows, they multiply, right, Bob? Uh, one leads to another, that's for sure. And it's no coincidence, I don't think, God, he provides in such unbelievable ways that you are listening today to the Christian Car Guy Show. I'm going to tell you, you, this is your like luckiest Memorial Day weekend ever. I think we are going to make a memory today on this Memorial Day. And Jesus... It's all about memories, right? Because what he said when at the Last Supper, when he said, you're going to take communion, right? He said, do this in remembrance of me. And very, very, very beautifully, he also said <clears throat> that same week, truly I say to you, whenever the gospel shall be claimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her, right? You remember that story? <clears throat> Mary? with the expensive perfume. <clears throat> what if you knew Mary's story? What if you could actually talk to Mary and hear what all went into why she bought that perfume? Like, what was behind the whole deal? Well, I just can't even believe that God is so good to us that he has provided us today on Memorial Day a memorial show with Shelley Lance, a lady that actually... In my opinion, if you were to meet Mary Magdalene and to know her story, you, you might know Shelley Lance. She was on my show, if you're a long-time listener, she was on my show back clear back, I think, in 2010, weren't you, Shelley, the first time? 
Yes, I was. And so we shared that story back then, but I didn't know all the details because her book actually just came out a few weeks ago, Unrecoverable. And oh my goodness, you're going to be so glad to hear what God has done like today in so many different ways. And so she has brought her friend Brian, who's helped her get the book done, and he's going to be on there with us. Of course, you heard we have Bob. But let me just tell you, as I always do, that today's show is brought to you by the Hebrew letter Ayan. You know, like on how Sesame Street, Bob, you know, they're always brought to you by a letter. Well, today's show is brought to you by the letter Ayan. Because if you look in Psalm 16, and God has really put it on my heart to memorize Psalm 16, there's this line that looks a little challenging at first, but the more I've thought about it, and especially having read this book this week, like, oh my goodness. It says, their their sorrows, it's it's Psalm 16, verse 4, their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Now, if you've ever hastened after another God... and I know Sherry can relate to this, I know I certainly can, your sorrows are going to be multiplied. But nothing could be more beautiful. (laughs) Nothing could be more loving. The way it was put to me years ago was sin is like if you throw one tennis ball, right, up against the wall, God will let you harvest a hundred tennis balls coming back at you. <laughs> it's it's the it's the multiplication theory. Okay, it's God's when you, when you think about it, God's economy is this way because if you sow one seed, right, one ear of corn, how many ears of corn you're gonna get? I mean, you, you see what I'm saying? Lots and lots. Yeah, you get a lot of corn. If you if you if you plant one apple seed, how many apples you get? Well, if you plant sin, the beautiful thing is is you're going to reap back this unbelievable harvest (laughs) of sorrow, which is intended to and will in many, many, many cases, and as we study this thing today, lead you to your knees in such a way that you're ready to break open your most expensive perfume, cry on his feet, do whatever you got to do to say thank you. You you hear where we're going? Absolutely. I I've spent a week, uh, a lot of time this week with our son, Jeremy. He just got back from Korea. He's in the Navy. And we made a lot of memories. We made memories at the beach fishing, and then we came home, and we made memories working around the house, had a little project, and he is very good and very handy at stuff like that. But just this morning before I left, uh, before I came over here, he left to go back to Norfolk, and uh, it's left my heart a little little empty uh and uh i have a little sorrow in my heart i have a lot of joy from the memories though it was a great time we spent together so it's it's kind of hard to um shelly actually just dive right in to this unrecoverable story but i also should mention for everybody that we do have a christian car guy theater episode coming up at the end of the show today so the last segment will be christian car guy theater how fun is that but to dive into this, what I know is just going to be an unforgettable show for you, um, that I love the way that the book starts, and maybe we should start there, okay? Because Shelly was in a Turkish prison. She'd been um, arrested for one of the biggest drug busts ever in Turkey. That would not be a good place to be. 
Mm. And as you begin to describe, which, you know, you had told me before about being there, but oh my goodness, when you start talking about how hurt you were and sick and the infections that you had and you're laying there in the bathroom scene that, that the book begins with, like, oh my goodness. Like, there you are, Shelly. Can you walk us into that just a little bit? Well, actually, um, after I got arrested, uh, Robbie, I, I had um, an infection in my ovary. And, you know, being in a Turkish prison and, and really no doctor available, I was afraid. You know, I, I, <laughs> I had already come to the lowest point of my life. And then on top of that, to um, find out that there was something going on inside of me I had no control of that could have been a life really threatening situation it was terrifying and and I just found myself you know at that moment crying out oh my gosh what is what what's going to happen to me am I going to die in this Turkish prison alone yeah and what's even more difficult if you know the story is that your best friend you kind of gotten her in on the deal and she was in worse shape Yes, before we had traveled over there, she had miscarried, and um, apparently she, there was complications through that um, after our flight and then our arrest, and she was hemorrhaging, and a cell blocked down from me, and nobody would do anything to help her at that, and so, it, you know, we were helpless and hopeless <laughs> at that point, and it was scary. It was really scary. I thought, you know, not only for the burden that I carried on my own life and what had got me there, I was also carrying Susie's burden of bringing her out there and getting her involved in such a horrific crime, you know, and now losing a child and then now going through what she was going through and there was nothing I could do to help her. Right, and for, you know, we only have a few seconds left, but can you briefly tell us, like, what it was like to go... You know, you had talked about how you screamed and screamed to be able to go to the bathroom. When you finally got to the bathroom, what did you find? It was the most horrific, <laughs> disgusting bathroom I'd ever seen in my life. And it, um, I can't even explain it. It was just a slimy, dark pit hole with a dangling light bulb with gook everywhere. And it's just hard to describe, but that's. So, yeah, so you can see where she was, and we're going to find out how she got there. It's a horrific story of when you throw one tennis ball, oh my goodness, you harvest a hundred. But God's coming the whole time, and when you hear the, the stories in between that lead to this, it's going to be worth this Memorial Day show here on the Christian Car Guy Show. Stay You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Mathematics is the language of the universe. It is the foundation of all science. Oh, oh, it's multiplication. It's math education. Hey, Albert Einstein said that it's so easy to do. Me this offering fish across the sky is Yes, today, Multiply Sorrows on this Memorial Day Christian Car Guy show. And 
What a remarkable story in us unrecovered. We're talking with Shelley Lance, her new book that just came out. And again, for those folks who've listened to the Christian Cargo show for a long, long time knows that we've had Shelley on here a couple times. Her story is one of the most remarkable. I I actually have to tell you, Bob, I'm like, God, how how did I how did you pick me to share this, you know, clear back then and again now that the book is out? It's it's absolutely beautiful, and we got Brian Shut is is with Shelly too. And Brian, don't didn't you kind of feel the same way the first time you heard her story? Oh, absolutely, Robbie. I I actually heard her story at our ministry. I, I founded co-founded a ministry in South Florida, and and we as our staff meets on devotions had an opportunity to hear her read from her prison diary, and blew my mind. I mean, first of all, it was a kind of shocking thing to learn she'd been in a Turkish prison, but also just the who she was then was so different than what I was expecting, given that she had come from this uh, bad background. So I approached her after the, the devotion and said, this is interesting, tell me more. And the more I learned, the more I, I really wanted to be a part of getting that story out and uh, sharing it with others. Yeah, Shelley, and like so many things in your life, when you know the story, God kind of, it was another um, divine appointment where you would meet Brian, because this has been a, in and of itself has been quite a journey, because I've been a known about this book now for over 10 years, and, and getting this story out there was by no means in itself an easy thing to do. No, it, it was a long process, that's for sure. But I couldn't have done it without Brian and also without you, Robbie. I mean, you, you know, meeting you was a divine appointment when I came to North Carolina and, and, and met you um, uh, and was able to be on your program and then us to share our stories with each other. Because when you shared with me how you came to know the Lord, and it was so similar, but it was a complete different journey. And that was like so moving to me to meet somebody else that kind of had that same um, journey as I did, but it was different, completely different, but completely for the same ending to come to know Christ. Yeah, it, 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 it gets right down to like, oh my goodness, Beth Ann, if, if you'd have known me in the same years that, that Shelley was in prison, my Bible <laughs> was this blue leather life application Bible that, that was bringing me to Christ. Well, there I was, you know, a car salesman in North Carolina. It's kind of like being in a Turkish prison. <laughs> <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> no, not even in the same, but, but, you know, in its own way, there was a lot of sin and a lot of stuff going on. Um, uh, but there you were. And, and so the story of how they got you the Bible is one of the most remarkable, like, and I did not know, I knew that they'd gotten you the Bible in prison, but I didn't know until I read your book that you'd been praying to get a Bible. Like, And, and again, to, to, to share a little bit more of her story, she had been a madam, a prostitute, you know, a drug addict, all these things that led up to her, you know, drug bust there. And then there she is praying in this place for God to give her a Bible. And so, Shelley, tell the story how you got the Bible. Well, actually, you know, I had I had known the Lord, but not in an intimate relationship way. I had studied God's Word as growing up, and 
different ministries and stuff. But, you know, when you get to that point in your life where you are alone, destitute, and you have nothing to hope for, you know, I just started praying on my bed every day, God, please, I need a Bible to read. And one day I received, the guard came in and called my name, and it was this life application study Bible that had been smuggled in through an American soldier and his wife that were stationed right down the road from the Turkish jail that I was being held in. And when I grabbed the Bible, and now I was in an Islamic prison where Christian material is not allowed, but the guards and stuff are illiterate, so they didn't know that it was actually the Bible. I got up on my bed and opened it up, and there was a letter in there that pretty much explained that this day they were trying to smuggle this Bible into me in hopes that I would read it and come to know the Lord. And, you know, to know, and, and this was a blue leather, right, with the silver, I could just picture this thing, and I'm like, man, <laughs> and there was your... You know, down below you, the bunk below you was your friend Susie that you had gotten in, you know, and you and she had been your madam to an extent. She had kind of lured you into that whole part of your life before you lured into this whole part of her life, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> what happened? She she had, her, she had an abracadabra escort service. That, yes, down that, in South Ford. That, mm-hmm. that, that, that she would have been involved in. And again, it's you got to read the book to find out all about Susie and to find out all about Shelley. And but this story, you're going to see how their sorrows were multiplied and multiplied and multiplied. And at every turn, God came after them. But one of the neatest things that that you know we can we can begin to talk about to me was when you were in one of the Christian, because she'd gone through, I don't know how, how many different Christian recoveries to try to get off cocaine. It was unbelievable that you, you'll read in the book. But the story that just blows my mind was the one about your clothes on the line. Like, <laughs> that that just shows that, that God is just chasing you no matter where you are. I mean, he showed up in my life through my addiction so many times, and they were always in the way I least expected it, you know, whether it was like the time with the clothesline when he spoke to my heart and let me know that he was very interested in every thought. Now, we're going to get there. We're going to get the clothesline story. You got to hear it. It's just just one more place, but we got a little bit more to come. Obviously, we got another whole segment with Shelly. Her book is Unrecoverable. You can get it at ChristianCarGuy.com. You can see the link there to buy it on Amazon. Shelly's website where there's pictures of her in prison, all sorts of cool stuff. All there available at ChristianCarGuy.com. And so we got so much more, right? Multiplying sorrows. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Truth Network and TruthNetwork.com. Mathematics is the language of the universe. It is the foundation of all science. Oh, it's multiplication. It's math education. Hey, Albert Einstein said that it's so easy to do. Me this offering fish across the sky. Peace, hallelujah. Be more to my 
multiplying sorrows today on the Christian Car Guy Show. And I need to tell you that coming up at 1 o'clock today on The Cure with Amy Cabo, who shares a similar story to Shelley's, by the way. Um, you, you ought to tune in at 1 o'clock and her show's live. They're going to be talking about natural pain remedies today on the show, so you don't want to miss out on that. But as I told you at the beginning of the show, this today's show is brought to you by the Hebrew letter Ion for a very specific Iron reason. <laughs> I am fixed to tell you about it. <laughs> so when you hear the word in, in Psalm 16, their sorrow shall be multiplied, right? Well, that word multiplied is the same word where God told him, be fruitful and go multiply, right? And, and so that's what David is, is saying, that this multiplication is going to be God's economy, but the word sorrows there is one of the most beautiful words you will ever see in Hebrew, and it starts out with that ayin. And an ayin, if you were to look at the letter, it looks like two eyes connected by an optic nerve because it's meant to be like that. Like, it, it is something that you would be able to see, all right? And interestingly, uh, if you looked at it, it also looks like a yoke. And what you see, you're also somewhat yoked to. So the word sorrow begins with this idea of seeing and being yoked to something, okay? But then what it goes on to be yoked to is righteousness and truth. What? Yeah, well, here's the thing. And the kingdom. You know how your heart longs for home? It just does. There's so many more long songs about being yearning for home than there are about love, Okay. And so your heart longs for what's right, your heart longs for home, and your heart longs for truth, and that's what's in the word sorrow, but you're yoked to that because you're, kids, you're God's kid. And so no matter how much you go try to run away with drugs or whatever it is that is your false God that you're going to go multiply your sorrows, the reason is is because your heart just knows that I was meant for so much more than this. And, and it yokes you to the fact that your ears are perked up for his voice when it starts to show up. Now, getting back to our scene there that, that Shelly is in this drug rehab place. And she's been here a few times before and not having a lot of fun. The people are pretty judgmental. <laughs> I'll just give you the background a little bit. And you've got to go put your clothes on the line, Shelly, but there's wild dogs out there that keep ripping the clothes up. And so you're just like, why, why do you want me to go clean my clothes if all is going to happen is the dogs are going to rip them up every time I put them up there. So this one kind, compassionate lady approaches you and tell us what happens. So she came up and I, you know, just like you said, I said, you know, why should I put my clothes up here? And she says, well, why don't you ask God to protect your clothes? And, you know, I kind of chuckled at that, and I'm like, yeah, I, I guess I can do that. And as I hung up my clothes, I prayed exactly that. And I said, God, please, I just ask you to protect my clothes as they hang out here on the line today. And then as I was hanging them up, I came across a sheet that didn't belong to me, that belonged to the center where I was staying at the program. And I said, so if those dogs are going to get anything, now I said this in my heart, if those dogs are going to get anything, let them get this sheet <laughs> because I didn't care about that sheet. I just didn't want them to get my clothes. And you want me to continue the oh, story? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that night when we got home, we had been on an outing. We came back, and one of the other girls, I said, hey, come help me get my, line, 
my clothes off the line and we went out there. It was dark and we were taking everything out and we put it into the laundry basket. We ran up into our rooms and my girlfriend came over. She goes, here, I'll help you fold your clothes. And all of a sudden I heard like a gasp and she's like, oh my gosh, look at this. And she shook out the sheet and it was torn to shreds. And I kind of looked, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at my clothes. Did they get my clothes? I, You know, but there was not one, one mark on any of my clothes. And then I just <laughs> sat there, and the Holy Spirit, which I didn't know, which was the voice of God speaking to my heart, as he did so much through my journey to him, said, I even know your innermost thoughts. And, <laughs> you know, God didn't do that to chastised me. He did it to make me know he was listening to every thought that I had. And I knew it. And I knew it. And it blew my mind. And I just began to weep. And and I told my friend, you know, oh my gosh, this is what I thought. And this is what I prayed. And look what God did. I didn't, you know, he just let me know that he loved me. And I, that was my whole journey to him was him showing me how much he loved me. But yet, you said it perfectly a few seconds ago when you said we are we know that we were created for something more than what we were and i knew that in my life but yet i couldn't get away from my sinful lifestyle yet i knew deep in my heart that god had made me for something more but i had such shame and worthlessness that kept me bound in that sin of addiction and drugs yeah, and I and I hope our listeners can identify with an addiction in your life, okay? Because what what Shelley's book goes on to describe is something I can tell you is just as real in my life as it was in Shelley's. Okay, if you know me well, you know I've at one point in time struggled with pornography. Right? It's an addiction. Now you're going to battle that in your own strength, and you're going to lose and lose and lose and shame and disgust, and you get a good sense of your inner cesspool, the way C.S. Lewis would say it. Everybody needs a good smell every once in a while they're inner cesspool. Well, whatever your addiction is in life, you've, you've got a chance to, to, to inhale that pretty good, okay? But at some point in time, when you're really ready to get down on the monkey floor and, and say, God, I can't, I, 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 I can't, you're going to have to show me. You're going to have to walk me through this. I, I, you have to get humble and, and say, I can't do this because you can't do it in your own strength and when you do, like, oh, my goodness, Shelly, like, oh, my goodness. I know. The story, you got to tell them the story about the kidney. I mean, the kidney is, is like another thing that's just like you're there in this Turkish prison, right? you got no way of getting home, no not, nothing else in the world, and God speaks to your heart in, in what happens. Well, actually, I had a friend back um back in South Florida who was dying of kidney disease and my grandmother was writing me letters and as uh, I was reading her letter I was praying for David that they would find a kidney donor and I was still in Turkish prison facing life sentence and as I was praying for my friend David God spoke to my heart three times and told me that I would be the kidney donor and I just couldn't believe it you know I was like oh no this was out of my own mind but he said it three times to me, and the miracle of that all is that I did return from prison, and I did become the kidney donor for David, which was a miracle within itself, 
because of my past life of addiction, over almost 30 years of drugs, that I was even able to give a kidney was God's healing and restoration power. But I didn't give that kidney because of I wanted to be like self-sacrificial. I gave it because I wanted to know in my selfishness, did I really hear the voice of God? Was that just something in my own mind? Was I really, which, you know, that was so important to me because we do hear voices within ourselves and trusting whether they're of God or just our own self saying it. I knew his voice and I knew, but I just, we, I just always needed reassurance. Was this you, God? Was this really you? Or was this just my own thinking that I want to be somebody by giving my kidney to David? And it really wasn't. It was very easy for me to give my kidney to David. I was so caught up and was knowing that God really tell me that. Oh, I hate we're, on that bed. we're running. <clears throat> oh, yeah, man, I hate I, this more than you know, but I need you to know every listener, okay, this book, Unrecoverable. It's at ChristianCarGuy.com. Okay, if you wanted to know, because Shelly has a phenomenal gift, having read the book, and I, I read a lot of books in my line of work you could imagine. She, ha- she has a phenomenal gift of sharing what's really going on on the inside. What did it feel like to be a prostitute? What did it feel like to be hooked on drugs? What, what was the real inner experience that was going on there? And so when you look at that sorrows being multiplied and what was going on with the string that God was coming after her throughout this whole story. And let me tell you, in spite of what I told you, the book is not sex-charged. You won't feel this this sense. It's it's not got those things in it. It's very raw, and, and it will tell you what actually happened, but it does not go into anything that I think that you'll find challenging to, you know, your own walk, okay? This book, it's called Unrecoverable. It's ChristianCarGuy.com. And, and we got more coming up. If you're listening to Kingdom Pursuits afterwards, we got Shelly and Brian's going to be on there as well. Right now, you get to hear another episode of Christian Car Guy Theater. It's a really, really good one, I can tell you. So stay tuned. You got so much more Christian Car Guy Show coming up. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Time for Christian Car Guy Theater with today's episode, A Plymouth Progress, episode 14. Now, Jimmy saw in his dream that Plymouth Valiant went on his way. But while Valiant was thus weeping over his unhappy disobedience and waste of time, he lift up his headlamps and behold, there was a stately garage palace before him, the name of which was beautiful, and it stood just by the highway side. Now Valiant made haste and drove forward, that if possible he might get garaging there. Now before he had gone far, he entered into a very narrow passage, which was about an eighth of a mile off the porter's lodge. And looking very narrowly before him as he went, he espied two lions in the way. Huh. I see the dangers that mistrust and timorous were driven back by. Valiant was afraid and thought also to himself to go back after them, for he thought nothing but death was before him. But the porter at the lodge, whose name is Packard Porter, perceiving that Valiant made a halt as if he would go back, cried unto him, Is thy strength so small? Fear not the lions, for they are chained, 
and are placed there for the trial of faith for pilgrims where it is, and for discovery of those that have no faith. Keep in the midst of your lane, and no hurt shall come unto thee. Valiant drove on, shimmering for fear of the lions, but taking good heed to the directions of the porter. He heard them roar, but they did no harm. Then he honked his horn and drove on till he parked before the gate where Packard the porter was. Sir, what garage is this? And may I park here tonight? This garage was built by the Lord of the Hill, and he built it for the relief and security of Plymouths. Sir, where do you come from, and where are you headed? I am come from the City of Destruction, and I am going to Mount Zion. But because the sun is now set, I desire, if I may, to park here tonight. What is your name? My name is now Valiant, but my name at the first was Graceless. I came of the race of Chaffeth, whom God will persuade to dwell in the tents of Shan. But how doth it happen that you come so late? The sun is set. Well, I had been here sooner, but that wretched sedan that I am, I slept in the arbor that stands on the hillside. Nay, I had notwithstanding that been here much sooner, but that in my sleep. I lost my scroll, which is my evidence for entrance, and I drove without it to the brow of the hill. And then feeling for it and finding it not, I was forced, with sorrow of heart, to go back to the place where I slept my sleep, where I found it. And now I am come. Well, I will call out one of the stainless daughters of this place, who will, if she likes your talk, bring you into the rest of the family, according to the rules of the garage. So Packard, the porter, rang a bell, at the sound of which the garage began to open, and a grave and beautiful sedamsel named Duesenberg Discretion appeared. Why have you rung, my good Packard? This sedan is on a journey from the City of Destruction to Mount Zion. But being weary and benighted, he asked me if he might park here tonight. So I told him I would call for thee, who, after discourse you would have with him, may do as seemeth thee good, even according to the law of the garage. How, sir, did you get into the way? By the narrow turnpike, of course, madame. And what have you seen and met with in the way tonight, sir? Two lions, just now, my lady. Oh, yes, indeed. And what is your name, sir? It is Valiant. Plymouth Valiant at your service, madame. And I have so much the more desire to park here tonight, because, by what I perceive, this place was built by the Lord of the Hill for the relief and security of Plymouths. So Discretion smiled and was touched by Valiant's sincerity. The water stood in her eyes, and after a little pause, she called for two or three more of the family. Prudence, the elegance, piety LTD, and charity deluxe. Come, we have a Plymouth here to visit, named Valiant. Come in, oh, come in, thou blessed of the Lord. This garage was built by the Lord of the Hill on purpose to entertain such Plymouths as yourself. Then Valiant tooted his horn and followed them into his parking place. The stainless sedamsels then served him fuel, and thus they began to converse together with very interesting discussions. Come, good Valiant, since we have been so loving to you to receive you into our garage this night, let us, if perhaps we may better ourselves thereby, talk with you of all the things that have happened to you in your Plymouthage journey. 
I am so glad that you are interested in my journey and would be happy to share my adventures with you. What moved you at first to betake yourself to a Plymouth's life? Well, I was driven out of my native country by a dreadful message that I could not get out of mine ears. The dreadful message was that unavoidable destruction awaited me if I garaged in that country place where I was. But how did it happen that you came out of your country this way? It was as God would have it. For when I was under the fears of destruction, I did not know whither to go. But by chance, there came a sedan, even to me, as I was trembling and weeping, whose name is Etzel Evangelist. And he directed me to the narrow turnpike, which without his direction, I should never have found, and that put me on the way that had led me directly to this garage. But did you not come by the garage of Infinity Interpreter? Yes, and did see such things there, the remembrance of which will stick by me as long as I live, especially three things that were the most important. How Christ, despite Satan, maintains his work of grace in the heart and how the captive Sedan had sent himself so totally out of any hopes of God's mercy, and also the dream of him that thought in his sleep the day of judgment was come. Why? Did you hear him tell of his dream? Huh. Yes, and it was dreadful. It made my heart ache as he was telling of it. Yet, I am glad I heard it. Tune in soon for more exciting adventures in the Plymouth Progress. Now... Here's Danny Dipstick and Randy Radiator to review today's episode. Uh huh, Randy. I'm swallowing my pride. A wee ma wup, a wee ma wup. The lion sleeps tonight. Wee! I'm on my way. Ah, Savannah, Pamadina. Oh, boys. See what I did, Daddy? It's a Lion King. Oh, boy. You know, lions, they prey often and as a family. I knew they wouldn't eat Valiant. Plus, it wasn't Tuesday. <laughs> see, Tuesday. <laughs> you see, Tuesday is the all-you-can-eat buffet at the Pride Grill on Rosecrans and Sepulveda at the Slauson Turnoff. Come on by. <laughs> Randy, you're good at the Lion King. They had to keep the main thing the main thing, right? The main thing? <laughs> okay, I'm not sure what the state of Maine has to do with anything. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, but, but seriously, Danny, don't you ever wonder how often the things that scare us the most are often tests of our faith? You know, you know, how the proverb where, where they didn't want to plant because of the possibility of lions. <laughs> hey, Danny, why did the lion walk into the Chinese restaurant to get a haircut? Because, <laughs> because he wanted a low mane. Oh, boy, Daddy. Say goodbye, Daddy. <laughs> See you later, Radiator. I sure hope you feel as blessed as I do to have shared all this fun today. This episode of Christian Car Guy Theater, so much fun with Jesse Cordy's amazing talent playing Plymouth Valiant. Oh, my goodness, isn't it fun to listen to these wonderful artists as they put together this classic that teaches so much about our Christian walk. And speaking of our Christian walks, how about multiplying sorrows? With the book Unrecoverable, Shelley Lance's story, I want to tell you that again that that's all at ChristianCarGuy.com, and help out those people that may be in a multiple sorrow situation right now with the Jesus Labor of Love, car repair labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis. It's the Jesus Labor of Love. It's all there at ChristianCarGuy.com. 
as we hope you'll slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 years. Peace, hallelujah, This is The Truth Network.